you know, we live in a world that is uh, saturated with this internet life. I mean, this, this digital service is proof of the fact that, that we use and rely on the internet for so many different things. But you know, one of the downsides is we begin to maybe compare our lives to people around us and we start to realize that the places that we live in, even though in this uh, valley of Phoenix, there's beautiful mountains, it's wonderful weather, but you know, there's some really awesome places, other places in the world where uh, you could be walk out, uh, walk out to a beach on, on the Caribbean Sea or out in the, in the Indian Ocean. You could be enjoying nice tropical weather or the beautiful rocky mountains and and maybe there's people out there who are driving way cooler cars than us or their families look so much more beautiful than ours and it doesn't seem like they have any problems or or any struggles in life and, and our and our own lives begin to feel kind of plain maybe even maybe even uh uh avoidant, you know, worthy of, of, of being uh, pushed away. You know, we don't feel like we really are content or happy with our lives. And we start to expect just in the normal day-to-day rhythms that we live in that things aren't going to be spectacular. Things aren't going to be exciting. And, uh, and, and the downside to that, of course, is one, that we have a kind of disappointed lifestyle outlook, but also that uh, we begin to kind of close our eyes to the ways in which God is working. We begin to uh, to lose expectation of his action. But in today's story, we're going to hear from the Gospel of John in chapter 2. It's a description of Jesus' first miracle. And, and the great thing about this story is that Jesus reveals his glory in an unexpected way. This worship series we're spending time in is called Everyday Epiphanies. And the emphasis of this is that sometimes... Jesus, in his walking with the disciples, not just sometimes, but almost every time, he's teaching them something about everyday life that doesn't naturally just come to mind, or maybe it's something that we know, but we easily forget. And yet he still is active in teaching his disciples, and therefore he's teaching us what it means to walk with him in life. So today, let's listen to this story from John chapter 2 and see how maybe even in our lives that maybe feel plain or dirty or boring or uh, where we don't expect anything great to happen, God might be uh, about to reveal his glory to us as well. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. In that last verse of the story, it says this was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Epiphany, remember, is that word that means revelation, something being uncovered. And in in particular, when we talk about Jesus' epiphany, we're talking about when Jesus' glory is opened up and our eyes are, are open to the fact that he is the Son of God, he has great power, he has authority, and he is the Savior. 
So in this story, um, what, what is so unexpected about this? Well, it's a wedding celebration that Jesus' mom seems to be the primary invitation to. So Jesus is kind of attending with his disciples um, in a way where they just kind of are, are, are looped in because of his mom. So it's not a direct connection. And it's the end of the party. Most of the festivities have been going on. So, so maybe people have started to drift away. It's not really a time of great uh, notice or great uh, meaning in, in as far as a timeline of a wedding reception. And uh, on top of all of that, when Jesus' mother says to him, uh, we need some more wine, Jesus tells her, uh, it's not our problem. It's, and it's not really my time to be revealed as a savior. Uh, so, so I'm not sure why you're asking me that. So when we put those factors together, we begin to realize that this is really kind of an unexpected time for there to be a story about Jesus' words and actions. I mean, it's the end of the party. It's not a party he was really the main guest at. And he told his mom that it wasn't really a big deal. And yet we get this response from his mom, Mary. And she just, she doesn't really answer Jesus. She just says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, Jesus' mother probably has a great deal of faith and understanding in the sense of she knows when maybe something's going to happen. So the, the servants turn to Jesus and they do what he says. And when Jesus uh, performs this miracle, he has water poured into these stone jars and it turns into wine and he's, he's performed this great thing. And it's not just a uh, cheap, wine that you could find anywhere. It's the best wine they had had at the wedding ceremony that night, the whole celebration. We begin to get a glimpse of Jesus' glory. And you and I as readers of this story are given that um, that privileged perspective of the servants, right? They heard Jesus' exchange with his mother. They were present at the miracle and they even got to see the master of ceremonies discover with great joy how good this last uh, this last round of wine was for the wedding guests. You and I, in hearing the story, uh, are given that same, um, that same privileged perspective. But at the end of the story we hear, and I think this is really the main swing, the main point, the big, the big thrust of the story. When Jesus revealed himself, the disciples believed in him. What we get in this story is that when Jesus unexpectedly reveals his glory, the revelation of glory always provokes a response. It always provokes uh, some kind of action on the part of the person who received it. And so um, as we go through life and we come across a story like this, it teaches us a lesson. It teaches us that there are times in life where things are... um, going a certain way. We don't expect to see a change in anything. We don't expect to see God certainly revealing himself. We don't expect to witness a miracle. We don't expect that there's going to be some meaning taking place. And yet the story shows us that even in those unexpected times, God is at work. God is present. God is going to be doing great things. And you may or may not notice or see them. The master of ceremony certainly benefited from the miracle of Jesus. But we never are told that he understands it was Jesus who provided the wine. We don't even get the understanding that the person whose wedding it was, the bridegroom, we don't even get to know if he found out that it was Jesus who provided the wine. All we know is, for those who witnessed the revelation of glory, the servants, the disciples, and Mary, there was a response of faith and belief. So how does this all connect back to that opening statement where we were reflecting on the fact that our lives sometimes feel plain, dirty, boring, uh, that there seems to be so much other exciting things going on? Well, let me tell you this. 
even in the plain things of life, even in something like tap water in a stone jar at a wedding in some small town in northern Israel, God is working his plan for revealing his glory to the world. Remember, you and I are on that side of history where we can tell people and testify about the glory of Jesus. And so even though we might feel plain, we might feel uh, left over, we might feel forgettable, Jesus has revealed himself to us. In the reading of his word, in the hearing of that word proclaimed, in the witness of what it does in the hearts of believers, you and I have been revealed. The glory of God has been revealed to you and I. We have seen the glory of God the Father because we have believed in the words of Jesus whom he has sent, and we are constantly being pushed and pulled through life by the power of the Holy Spirit who ignites a fire in our hearts. Even the hearts of regular, forgettable, plain people like us, it provokes a response. You and I are kind of like guests or servants at this wedding feast we hear about in Cana. We know that Jesus' picture of what it means that he has saved the world is the picture of a bridegroom coming to marry his bride. The people who believe in Jesus, the church, that is his bride. And so life is a celebration of what it means that glory has been revealed to us. And in that celebration, we are called to respond. And the response we are called to is to share that glory with the world around us, to show people what it means that we believe. Glory shows up in unexpected places. Glory shows up in times like you and I as we walk through life and begin to forget that Jesus has revealed his glory to us and then unexpectedly we remember. He has met us where we are at. And when we remember and that glory is revealed to us, our eyes are opened up to the fact that Jesus has great plans for us and he's using you and me to reveal that glory to others. What is God calling you to do? What is that action that you are being spurred on by the Spirit to carry out so that you might be a part of this glory revelation in the lives of others? We're like the servants at the feast. We have seen what God does. So also you and I, are called to bring and reveal that epiphany of glory, that gift of faith to others. May God open your eyes to the ways in which you are called to help reveal that to others this week.